This meeting is now being recorded. Shalom, everyone. This is Elliot Schoenberg speaking, International Director of Placement for the Rabbinical Assembly. Welcome to Chodesh Tov. Chodesh Tov is a series of monthly podcasts teaching cutting edge and new information about what's going on in various fields of Jewish study. Today, we have the privilege of studying with Professor Dr. Rabbi Ruven Hammer, a past president of the Rabbinical Assembly, author of Or Chadash, and most recently the author of The Torah Revolution. Welcome, Professor Hammer. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I would like to uh, talk to you, Elliot, a, a little bit about some work that I've been doing concerning uh, commentaries to the Sidur. Uh, you know, commentaries have been written to the Siddur throughout the generations, and I've been studying specifically some of those uh, since the time of the emancipation, um, specifically uh, one by Samson Raphael Hirsch, which, of course, was in Germany in the 1900s, and then by uh, Rabbi Hertz, uh, the chief rabbi of, uh, of England uh, in the uh, 20th century. He wrote it, actually, between... 1942 and 1945, and uh, even to mention the most recent one, which is that of the current chief rabbi, Jonathan Sachs, who has written it uh, in just a few years ago. And what's interesting to me about this, uh, Elliot, is the, is the fact that uh, each one of these things tells you more about the era in which it was written and about the person who was writing it and the challenges that that person felt it was facing than they do uh, even about the Sidur, I think. Uh, and so uh, let, let me give you uh, an example, if I might. Uh, here you come with Samson Raphael Hirsch. He's living in post-emancipation Germany uh, at a time when he faced, I think, two major challenges. One was the, uh, the existence of the reform movement, which he opposed very, very bitterly. Uh, and the other was simply uh, assimilation and even conversion uh, away from Judaism, which was happening uh, at a rather large scale. And uh, he was interested in trying to preserve the Jewish community, but to preserve it in a specific way, uh, namely in total observance of, of the Jewish tradition, but with uh, a flavor that was more modern, let us say, than uh, what had existed before. And what I found very fascinating, for example, was that when every place that he has an opportunity to talk about these themes, he brings in mission. Uh, there's a tremendous mission that the, that the people of Israel have. What's their mission? Their mission is to teach the, word, the world about God, uh, to present the, the Jewish message of, of what God is and the necessity of worshiping only the one true God. Now, how do you do this mission? Uh, you do this mission by not being in your own land, but by going out into the other lands, so that the Galut itself uh, provides the opportunity for the, for the mission. But on the other hand, uh, he's not in favor of Galut. He wants there to be uh, a return to the land, but he's not a Zionist either. Of course, it's a little bit pre-Zionism in any case, but he doesn't want it to be done by human beings. So you have a sort of a, a, a bind over here. Yes, we're in Galut. We have a, something to do here in Galut. We shouldn't be in Galut. Uh, but how do we get out of Galut? Well, uh, Tekabe Shofar Gadol. And when he gets to comment on that line, he says, ah, 
the tycholo- that means that that's bringing us back. But who's going to blow the shofar? Tzakah means God is going to blow the shofar, which means only God can do it. So that this is the uh, position that was taken by many of the Orthodox uh, at that time and even later on, that it can't be done by human beings. It can only be done by God doing it. So he looks at that. But then he does another very strange kind of a thing, and that is he talks about Galut, and he goes on and on for pages and pages in which he tells you about how terrible it is to be in, in Galut, uh, the negative aspect of our task while in Galut, the errors we much guard ourselves against during our long wanderings through exile. Uh, and he says, uh, our journeys among the nations uh, have been terrible. Uh, no one has taken good care of us. They have uh, only uh, persecuted us. It's, everything in Galut is darkness. And that's an interesting uh, thing to be talking about when you're living in post-emancipation Germany, where Jews are being given uh, about as much freedom as it was possible for them to get under those conditions. In fact, of all of the commentaries that I've looked at, and uh, let's say Hirsch and Hertz and, and Sachs and any of the others, he's the only one that speaks negatively about the diaspora. They may all talk about the possibility of returning, but none of them speak negatively about the diaspora. As a matter of fact, if you look at the commentary by Chief Rabbi Hertz, who, was, who wrote his commentary during the period of the Shoah, but he never uses the term Shoah because it wasn't known at that time. He died in 1945. Uh, but he does talk about, uh, from time to time, he mentions the terrible things that are going on. But nevertheless, when he talks about the diaspora as such, uh, everything that he has to say is uh, is positive. Um, for example, and this is a... A strange one, but I mean, you, you never know where a person is going to put these commentary, these comments in their commentary. He talks about the bracha Shaloh Asani Aved, and in Shaloh Asani Aved, he says um, that how thankful that this this blessing uh, is very meaningful for us today. And I'll, I'll quote exactly what he says. Uh, this ancient benediction has a very r- real meaning for contemporary Jewry. The Israelite in three countries has good reason to thank God daily for living in lands where his life, liberty, and human personality are respected. So uh, that's what it is not to be an Evid, is to be living in a land of freedom. Now, Samson Raphael Hirsch would never have said anything like that, makes no such commentary. Anytime he talks about the, the Galut, uh, even though it's given him the opportunity for a mission, it is in the most negative uh, terms that he possibly can have. And, of course, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs uh, would never say anything negative about England uh, either. Uh, let me go on to a, another subject, we, uh, and that is uh, Hertz. Uh, Hertz, uh, who was, as everybody probably knows, a graduate of the Jewish Theological Seminary uh, and uh, never denied that fact, uh, his commentary really shows uh, the uh, critical approach of uh, of the historical uh, movement uh, that was uh, really behind the seminary even in its uh, earliest days. Uh, and one of the nice things about Hertz's commentary is that he gives quotations 
from all kinds of people. Uh, he quotes uh, 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 British writers. He quotes philosophers who are not Jewish. He quotes uh, biblical scholars and, and others who are not Jewish. Uh, he quotes uh, L. Bogan, of course, and people of, of that sort. And wonder of wonders, he has several long quotes from Solomon Schechter, and he even has one quote from Cyrus Adler, uh, who he calls a most noble Jew. Uh, and uh, this is this is his approach. He's not afraid of doing that, which shows you something about uh, British Jewry uh, in the middle of the last century, which was, while orthodox, nevertheless uh, a certain openness to things. And when, when you contrast that with uh, uh, Jonathan Sachs's uh, new commentary, which, by the way, I think has some lovely things in it. He writes uh, very well and very poetically. I looked through the entire commentary. I never found one quote from uh, any non-Orthodox source, uh, and including, and, and this will perhaps surprise you was it surprised me when I read it. Let me read you uh, his commentary on the phrase in the Ma'ariv for Shabbat of Vaikadesh Otol, the quotation, on, and he declared it holy. Quote, this is the first time the word holy appears in the Torah, indicating that time, not just space, is holy. The sages noted the similarities between the Shabbat and the sanctuary constructed by the Israelites in the wilderness, etc. And then he goes on, Shabbat is thus a sanctuary in time, and Israel, the eternal people, is the nation called on to sanctify time. Well, uh, that could be taken from uh, Heschel. <laughs> Without Heschel, that quote could not exist. And yet, the name Heschel does not appear near that quote or, as a matter of fact, anywhere uh, in the entire uh, commentary. So I think that says something about the current state of uh, British uh, orthodoxy in which the lines are drawn and in which uh, anything that is connected with uh, the seminary or with conservative or Masorti Judaism would be absolutely not quotable by the current chief rabbi. Not that he doesn't know where the quotes come from or even perhaps personally appreciate them, but to put it into press uh, is something that he doesn't find possible. So in the century that has passed since Hertz, less than a century, uh, the, this change has taken place. So I think you can see from all of this that, that all of these commentaries, uh, as much as they comment on the text, and, and they do, and they do it very nicely, nevertheless, also indicate what is on the mind of the person and what are the threats uh, that they see and either by omission or by or, or by commission they indicate uh, what their stance is on these various problems. Thank you, Rabbi Ruvain Hammer. I'd like to remind everyone that this has been Chodesh Tov, a monthly podcast of the International Rabbinical Assembly. This is Elliot Schoenberg wishing you all Chodesh Tov.